so it's called I'm All Ears. Yep. Yeah, it's on now. Yep. Uh, testing out the sound. <laughs> the guest needs to do the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a bit like what Josh Bell does. He asks you to tell... tell uh... Oh, okay, mate. None of my ideas are original. <laughs> nah, I'm good. Hey, it's Solo here. This is our last episode that we recorded prior to the COVID lockdown. Uh, Goxie and I have been out and about recording some new episodes, uh, obviously following all the precautions, but we've got some fresh episodes for you uh, with some great guests coming up. But uh, this is a great chat with Stevie from Clown. So over to you, Goxie. Okay, welcome back to another episode of I'm All Ears podcast with me, Goxie. And me, Solo. And today we have a very special guest, but they're all special, but this one's very <laughs> special. It is Stevie from the band Clowns. Welcome, Stevie. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me, Ben and Aaron. Thanks for coming down today, mate. No worries. Um, we're in the backyard of my new abode. Um, so if you're hearing some background noise, <laughs> sucked in, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're, it's, this is a, a, a raw podcast. We're, we're all about raw, yeah. unfiltered, uncensored. That's what we're all about, hey, Maxi. No, no, we have a ban on filters here at Armour. <laughs> you, br- you bring a filter. You, well, you have a bouncer at the door that checks you. If you yeah. try and bring a filter in, you are refused entry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's truly punk rock of you two. Yeah. I actually, uh, I'm, actually am super stoked to get Stevie because he... Let's let's say he's, he's well known for hard working, mate. You're like... It's, I, I thought I'd ask you and wasn't really sure I'd get, be able to get a hold of you because you, you guys, like, constantly on the road, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially last year. Um, last year was, like, the biggest and hardest that we've ever hit our touring schedule. Uh, we played about, I think, in a space of six months, we played, like, 96 shows or something like wow, that. Wow, that's huge. It was, yeah, it was pretty crazy. And is that a mix of Australia, Europe, Yeah, so we started in Australia and then we went to Japan and then from Japan we went over to Europe and did like the summer festival thing. We came back for about two weeks and then went over to America and did 30-something shows. Wow. And then we came back again for like another two and a half weeks just to remind our friends and families that we're still (laughs) alive. Yeah. And then we went over to Europe again for another 30-something shows. And, um, yeah, it was pretty funny. Like, you know, generally when I come home from a tour people that I know will be like oh was it awesome was it great but uh at the end of that last run it seemed like everyone was coming up to me at the pub and be like are you okay is everything all right (laughs) but do you kind of feel like that's what you guys need to do to sort of keep at the top of your game like like that's kind of what it takes these days like you got to do that many shows to kind of get noticed I think that you know we've definitely set a precedent in the band that that is what we do being like the hard-working DIY punk sort of thing Mm. and in that sense, I definitely think that it's kind of worked in that regard and that we found a lot of um, successes by taking that route. I don't think it's necessarily what every band needs to do, but um, I... You Play know, to your strengths, basically. Well, yeah, pretty much. Because when I've, I've... My first kind of... Inter- I don't know if interaction's the right word, but, you know, finding out about you guys. Um, back when I lived in Brizzy about four or five years ago, I was a taxi driver... And I'd, I'd have the radio on, like the Triple J in my car, and, and, and like short, fast, loud were pumping you up, and there was real buzz about you. And then I remember, um, what's the industry showcase thing in Brizzy? Big Sound. Big Sound, yes. I should know that. It's my <laughs> But yeah, it was like 
the whole showcase thing, and I was like, I've got to go see this. They're like, I'm not usually one who's like follows the buzz, but because like, yeah, it was, and I was like, it was awesome. It was um, Rick's. I don't know if you've yeah. done a lot of shows, but I remember that one though. And, um, yeah, yeah, and you were like well known for like getting out in the crowd, running around. I remember, I think you were hanging off the ceiling that yeah. night and jumped off the the top of the like gazebo thing you've got in the <laughs> front bar of Rick's there. But um, because obviously like coming through, if you've got that kind of buzz where it's like. Not just a band that goes through the motions. Mm. Not if there's any bands out there listening that go through the motions. Sorry to <laughs> yeah, make well. fun of you. <laughs> keep, keep going through the motions, but you know what I mean. Like you, you guys had that buzz of like, you go and see a clown show. You, you're going to get value for your money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that like early on in the band's kind of, I guess you could call it a career. Um, yeah, you know, sure. we, especially at that point, you know, like we weren't thinking about it as a career. We were just like a bunch of kids in our young twenties, like jumping in a car, driving around playing gigs. Um, slowly but surely we started to realize that it was actually becoming a career and would become our career. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially at that stage too, I think at big sound to have a band like us, you know, doing stupid shit, like climbing up on the roof and jumping <laughs> off into a crowd of music industry professionals or whatever, yeah. like it did, it I I am aware that it did kind of like turn a few heads because it wasn't really what a lot of the bands were doing at the time. Mm. Um, but, you know, if you look into the history of punk rock, it's not, we weren't really like inventing the wheel, were we? You know, like we were just doing what yeah. punk rockers have been yeah, kind you, of known for over the years. You but took we were the doing wheel it. and made it a better wheel. Yeah, totally. We took the wheel into a time when people needed the wheel or the wheel wasn't there and we just took the punk wheel in yeah i think it's like i definitely noticed like being like involved in that scene it, i guess it was cool for a while to like just stand there have your back to the crowd kind of thing and yeah. just play your songs and it's kind of refreshing that you guys are actually like made a performance of it again like totally give, give the crowd something to watch and i think it is cool like it just depends on like i was saying before it just depends on the band and like the, the thing that you're trying to create um and for us at the time, I just think we were kind of lucky because we loved that kind of like raucous, who knows what's going to happen punk rock show. Yeah. yeah. And we just we just did it in a space where people weren't doing it, and that's that's one of the reasons why I think the band kind of started to gain a profile because we were the band that you know if every band had a crazy like early twenties ranger kid climbing up <laughs> on the, onto something dangerous and jumping off into a bunch of unsuspecting people, then maybe we wouldn't have gained a profile. <laughs> Dude, like, they don't teach that at rock and roll school enough, you know? Like, you got to have your, your crazy front man, I reckon. Yeah, I, you know, I think the crazy front man thing is, is you know, in the over the years, I mean, look at, like, Henry Rollins, look at... Mm. Yeah, but even in Australia, like, I reckon you're just... You're taking the torch that it was handed from, kind of like, from Bon Scott... Yeah. ...onto, yeah, yeah. like, I don't know, Angry Anderson... <laughs> Ignore the racist yeah, part almost, of it. Almost put it out, but then quickly grabbed yeah, it by like, it the It was like Bond to Angry <laughs> to, like, Jay from Frenzel, and then yeah. he's still gone. But, <laughs> yeah. But do you, um, do you have, like, even though punk is, like, your, your main thing, you do have these kind of, like, other influences coming in, don't you? So, yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that's definitely been a precedent in the band is that we always, even though I guess... You know, especially a couple, like quite a few years into our band's career now, and yeah, I use yeah. that term loosely. Um, How long have you guys been 
guys be in a band now? Uh, well, Jake and I, the drummer and I, started the band when we were fresh out of high school. Yeah. So we actually, yeah, we started the band on our schoolies trip together yeah. in Byron Bay, where all great <laughs> long-term life choices are made. Mm. And, it uh, does go against the whole, like, what happens at schoolies stays. <laughs> you're, you're devoting your life to what happened at schoolies. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, it, you know, it, it gave us a lot of, um, a lot of opportunity making that decision. Uh, so that was in... Uh, the end of 2009 that we okay. decided oh. to start start a band called Clowns together. And we've just kind of been dragging this project with us throughout our entire 20s. You know, we're in our late 20s now. Yeah. And, um, you know, replacing members when they fucking piss us off or when they don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> and We just... can't do that as stand-up. We, we're stuck <laughs> with ourselves. You can always invent a new character. Well, I'm, I'm a bit worried Solo will replace me when I'm all ears. Has there ever been, like, a comedy duo or trio over the years that has replaced a member and it's been better? <laughs> I'm trying I to think. I'm like, I can't imagine Leno and Woodley, you oh, know, like, exactly Leno being like, <laughs> oh, yeah, now it's Leno and, <laughs> yeah. and Gox. I think, um, like... Troops like Arnie Donner have had guys leave and really, but um, I think it's more someone's like I, left and they've just kept going with like who's left. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think it'd be a bit weird if you'd, you'd replace someone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Maybe the Three Stooges. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they replaced a member back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, yeah. So I mean, it's been a long journey for you guys as well, and um, like you've just chipped away at it over the years. It must kind of feel great to uh, like have just stuck at it and kind of reaping the benefits of, of it now being able to play all these shows all over the world mm, yeah it's pretty cool it's it's definitely been a you know a slow boil and um definitely definitely a long sort of journey but i guess the journey's just constantly continuing and the thing that keeps keeps us going is that every year it seems like we're doing a little bit better and every mm. year we've got goals that we want to achieve and we kind of achieve them and even though the band I feel like hasn't you know through waves but we haven't experienced like a huge spike in popularity we've just kind of been chipping away at it for 10 yeah. years and with this constant ascend um and yeah it does it feels it feels great you know mm. but it, it also doesn't feel like it's not uh, real yeah, yeah yeah like overnight we just everyone knows who we are or whatever like it's just been a very slow burn and um and no, it does. It does feel really. You're not like the Macarena where people get sick of you. And... Yeah. Although there is, although there is like a clown's dance that people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's going to be our next thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We, um, <laughs> we've integrated like psychedelia and hardcore into our punk rock, and the next is going to be synchronized dance moves. Well, I do. Uh, you were talking about a hot sauce. Did that come out? Or... Yeah, yeah, that came oh, that's out. That's awesome. <laughs> that was great. That I was. One of my I don't even have projects. my own food product yet. I've. I've... Dude. I've got a, a flavoured milk holder, but... <laughs> <laughs> and you got a car air freshener. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, well, you can't eat that, good. but um, you can smell it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. the, uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen the hot sauce. How did that come about? Uh, so the way that it came about is there's a dude, uh, or a couple of dudes, brothers who live on the Gold Coast, the Page Brothers, we call them, mm. and they... Is that because it's their surname? Or? It is, yes, <laughs> as they are known. Um and yeah, they they make hot sauces, and one of them, well, both of them are quite big clowns fans. But we came into contact with them because Jason, uh, one of the Page brothers, Jason Page, <laughs> um, got a clown's tattoo on his head. Oh and wow! He, yeah, it was a yeah. We had the same reaction. We're like, oh shit, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, like I'm you, you know, these days, like 
you know, tats aren't as taboo as they were, but there is I, still I the... head tattoos still Yeah, there. head tattoos, it's <laughs> well, still pushing the say. boundaries. They're not taboo in a lot of the parts of the body. You still have that, like, yeah. the dudes with, like, the neck ones who are like, what are you looking at, mate? And it's like, oh, yeah. I'm looking at your face tat, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, my first reaction to that was, like, I, like, I'm sorry that our music has inspired you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, we weren't, we weren't trying to do that, but, like, Yeah, it you looks... better hope we don't turn into a Nazi band <laughs> <Yeah>. or something. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're still we're still hop skipping to jump away from that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so he, yeah, he was. He, we just got in contact with him. He makes this hot sauce, and he started sending us hot sauce to go on tour with. That yeah, we right. were just um, leaving in the van and putting onto fucking everything, and it's actually the best hot sauce I've ever had in my life. And he won. He actually won a competition, like in the World Hot Sauce Championships in America. Hell his, yeah! His um, so Happy cool. Cayonero sauce won first prize. Love, oh, how love awesome to go is that? over, go over and show the Yanks how it's done. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. <laughs> Being um, at their own game. <laughs> and I guess we just kind of always had this idea to collaborate with him and make a hot sauce, and he wanted to do one with us. Like he does, he did like a casualties hot sauce. He did a mm. like a gutter mouth hot sauce, and we always had the idea banked to do one with him, but we were going to do it um, to coincide with a record. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, you know, it took us however long to write the, the last record we released and then put all the plans in motion. And, yeah, it was a really great, really fun project to do because I guess it, it really stepped outside of any of the stuff that we'd done. And also I couldn't think of an Australian band that had released a hot sauce. So I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot. Like we're not the first band to have done it, but. And it's like your live shows, you watch it, you go home, remember it. Yeah. The same with hot sauce. You'll remember it the next day if you know what I'm talking about. But uh, anyway, it changes the That's subject. That's true, but, uh, yeah. But uh, speaking of the Gold Coast, another, another Queensland link uh, between me and you guys is your bassist. That's right, I've, Honey I've Jane. known Honey for many years, so that was awesome when uh, you signed her up to the, the Clowns family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, being from Warwick. Yeah. Beautiful we, part of the world. But we would, uh, yeah, she, we both come through together playing to like two and three people in Rizzy. So it's a very, <laughs> anyway, but um, no, that was awesome. And yeah, it's great to have her on board. I mean, she, it feels like she's completely indoctrinated into the, you know, the clown's religion now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we've been playing with her now for over three years. So well, that's a, hard to imagine the band without her. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's been awesome having her in the band, and I think she definitely adds like a, a whole new flavor of you know playing styles and mm. all the harmonies that me and her get to do now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm really I, I love having her in the band. It's great. And I've seen some shows where like she'll do the acoustic solo support. So that's like if you can't get a support slot or something, you can just join the band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh fuck, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Um. Because I guess being a band for a while now, you've, like, is it is it just your life now? Like, is, are you still working a day job or are you still, how, what's it like when you get back home from tour now? It's certainly my life. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that there's a way that I'll be able to untangle that one yeah. w- without, like, completely imploding the band. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, I've kind of, like, jumped in and out of it being my like full-time career and then it being like my part-time career. Um, but with full-time hours, Yeah. (laughs) uh, like last year I was, uh, for the last couple of years I've been living off of the band, maybe like six months of the year. Um, and just, yeah, like taking whatever money that we had to sit at home and write songs or get all the admin 
um, ride. But, you know, I'd love to say that we're at the point where it's only what I focus on. But from time to time, I do, I do get a bit of work here and there, which is actually kind of good too, I think, because it really does, um, I don't know, like it's, it kind of brings you back down to, yeah. To, yeah. to a certain level, which helps me I like songwrite and stuff. And, and one yeah. thing I've found um, with touring is you just get used to the process. Like you, you're doing a heap lot more than I am, but I'm just wondering with you, when you return home, is it like, all right, I've got to catch up with people, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, or you just let it happen? Or like, Yeah, uh, especially after the last tour, i got to admit I was hit with, like, the such bad post-tour depression. Mm. Like, it's a real, real thing, as you guys would know. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's just something that I've kind of been used to. And I, you definitely find yourself out of the loop a little bit. Like, I find myself mm. hanging out with just other people that play in bands because mm. we all have like similar lifestyles and stuff. And even though I still have a, like a lot of closely knit friends um, that don't play in bands, and the you know, when you come back from six months yeah. of touring, everyone's kind of like in their own world. And um, I've, I find myself just going to the pub with like other people <laughs> that I know who and play you, in bands. And you find your body clock all out of whack where you're like waking up at, whatever wild hours yeah yeah and then also the the other thing is like you know come home from tour and i get a little bit of a paycheck at the end but we're not we're not going to do another hard stint of touring for a while and the the paycheck isn't going to last me until then so Mm. i've got to like find a find some money somehow um and it it definitely comes with you know it's it's a wild roller coaster basically Well, one thing i do when i'm on tour i'm i was like even though i'm in these places like in different cities only Australia, I've never been overseas, but I'm still, like, the natural human thing is, like, when you're on away, you do things, you do touristy things, Mm -hmm. but I have to train myself to think, like, no, I'm here for work purposes, so, like, obviously I shout myself a feed and something, Mm -hmm. but, like, that's my kind of, like, branching out is just having having a nice dinner or something. Yeah, yeah, and you miss out on a lot, definitely, like, when we do all, you know, we've been to how many fucking cities over the world, (laughs) but... Uh, there's so many things I'd love to do in, you know, in different cities that we've been to many, many times that I, just, I haven't done yet. Yeah, yeah. And well, I've seen that meme. Is it like what you think touring is like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's like, just like, let me tell you, I know a lot about like the McDonald's's of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Where the best servos are in Germany. If you're ever in Germany, you need to go to a good server. <laughs> oh, thanks for that, mate. <laughs> yeah, I remember talking to um, a mate of mine, Aaron, who plays in I Exist, and they did, like, a big Europe tour, and it's like, I had to go back to Europe to actually see stuff. Yeah. Like, because, you know, I, I know what this youth centre in the middle of Germany looks like, <laughs> and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, at the same time, though, it can be kind of like a funny experience being in Berlin, for example. And it's like, oh, fuck, like I really want to go and see that deserted airport, mm. but I didn't get the chance to. And then you're driving out. But I never get that feeling of like, fuck, I'll never do it. Because I'm like, oh, I'll just be in Berlin in like yeah. eight months. I'll do it yeah. then. I'll find the time to do it then. And, and so it, even if I don't get to have the experiences, I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. Like, and, and it's still like, that's really cool what you're doing, I think, too, is doing the non-touristy things. Because mm-hmm. it's like people can go to America and get a photo of, like, the Grand Canyon or Statue of Liberty or whatever, mm-hmm. can you get to meet, like, local punks and stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that is an experience that can easily get lost when it when that's all you're doing. But how much do people, like, when they're travelling, like, all they want to do is mix in with the locals or know mm-hmm. which punk venue to go to, but they can't find it. And we just 
kind of get given it. You know, we're booked there and we don't even yeah, realize yeah. that that's the kind of shit that a lot of people want to do. But then conversely, the stuff that we uh, want to do, which is so easy to Google and find out how to do, we can't do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> and you were talking a bit about like, I guess you come back home and you, you're trying to integrate back in with your friends. Cause I guess that's the thing people don't think about tour life is that you're missing out on like birthdays and weddings and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It can be kind of brutal sometimes having to go like, I'm doing the thing I love, but it also means that it comes at a cost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pretty, yeah, it can, it, it comes with its unique stresses, definitely mm. just like any situation does. And I think, you know, to really continue, continue the lifestyle in, um, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I mean, very easily distracted. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, to, to continue the lifestyle, you have to really like have a think about all of the, like all of the amazing experiences that you're having and then weighed against all the stuff that you're missing and then be like, you know, what, what is, it's, it's about finding the right balance, I guess, mm. you know, like, you know, even though I missed this birthday or whatever, like I got to go to this gig and that, it's a that's, trade-off, it's yeah. the price you pay, you know, yeah. like if I went to that birthday, I wouldn't be playing this gig. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, I guess the, you know, you're the front man of the band, you're, you're singing, like, has that taken a toll on your body at all? Or is there anything you're doing to kind of have to pre- prepare for that many shows? Like, <laughs> I don't think that there's much you can really do to prepare for that many shows. Yeah. <laughs> do, you have, do you have like the the honey? Yeah, you know, yeah. I've tried all of the all of the throat remedies. Yeah. Uh, I've been drinking that throat coat stuff recently. Yeah, I've heard people talk about that. Does it's it pretty work? Good. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon it. I reckon it's pretty you, good. Are there's you in all... the band doing the the tour van doing the me my my? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. 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 It sounds um, it sounds silly, you know, but. Uh, I will be in the back of the venue doing like warm ups and warm downs and stuff. Generally, well, I, I actually don't like that's that's why we wanted to we wanted to ask you this because it's so obvious to to think like sports people train prepare, mm-hmm. but no one really thinks about it with entertainers. Mm-hmm. You you're like like I said, you're out there running around the audience, you know, and you, it's performing. Yeah, and it's very physical, and it's funny that a lot of people. I feel like there's almost like a stigma, especially in punk music, that doing that stuff is lame. Yeah, you know that you shouldn't need to do that stuff. But from my experience, doing that stuff only like makes you more able to continue a massive tour. Makes it easier. Makes you stronger. And why is that lame? Like, why is it lame when our shows are that five percent, ten percent better? Mate, stuff the haters. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They're, they're on I, the... I just, you know, there's a, I could rant a lot about things that's I hate about the punk scene. The people uh, but that's who... definitely one of them, you know. People won't... But those people, people don't want to admit that. Those people who, who whinge about that, they're, they're the wooden spooners on the on the band <laughs> table or whatever. Yeah. Or, or they're often not even in things themselves. Like, it's easy to whinge if you don't do them yourself. Totally. Like, do a little, do a little warm-up. The people around you might think it's, like, embarrassing or whatever, but it's not embarrassing when your band is, like, playing yeah. above theirs or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's uh, it only takes, like, one band to do it and then other bands will do it. Like, I remember years ago, like, playing in a band and played a show with Series and I saw Tom from Series doing vocal warm-ups and then, like, before our next show, I, like, did the same thing. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I just needed someone to kind of show me the way. Yeah. Like, it was... I, I saw a comedian years ago uh, doing push-ups before his, before his set, so I was like... <laughs> what did you think of that? Thought it was lame. <laughs> I, I just spent minutes like going like, yeah, yeah, it's the right thing to do, blah blah. And then I'm like, it was lame. <laughs> and I reckon that a lot, of, you know, doing push-ups for a comedy set, I can't, 
you know, I'm no, I'm no comedian. Yeah. But I can't imagine what sort of therapeutic benefit that would have. Well, but depending on the show. I, but yeah. also... I think it'd, like, my, if it's, a yeah, if my it's, big thing if it's is, helping him, yeah. it's helping him, you know? Like, it might be placebo. <laughs> but even placebos can be very yeah, effective. Yeah, well, this thing I used to do, I've, I've kind of gone away from it, but I kind of stopped a few years ago. But I was, it was more like worrying, worrying that my nose sounds like blocks. So I'm, like, clearing out my passages, letting, like... <laughs> Coffins on, because mm-hmm. you do like when you're doing a long set, you know, almost an hour. With some of our shows, yeah. like you worry about your voice going and a hundred percent. And it, it is like a vocal performance for you guys as well, for comedians, because yeah. it's all about that punchline, you know, all about that weight. It's all about the infliction, the delivery of the joke, isn't it? Because if your voice is affected, you won't be able to deliver it in the way we can't do like you guys and put the mic out to the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like knock knock. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do knock knocks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I do pull my finger. Um, Classic gags. Yeah. Um, have you had any issues with your voice on tour where you've had to like pull out for a little bit, or uh, been pretty lucky? I don't think I've ever pulled out of a show, but I've definitely had issues with it, as yeah. a lot of vocalists commonly do. Um, the one thing that I that like another really convenient thing about playing punk music is that if your voice is really affected by partying or playing too many shows or whatever. It's just kind of like more punk. Yeah. You know? And like, yeah. if, if you don't like punk it, points. then you're just, you're not punk enough, basically. Yeah. That's, that's a so lot I've definitely of punk hidden points. behind that curtain a few times. <laughs> um, but basically, what happens is if we start a long tour, I'll, um, you know, the first few shows will be fine because I'm not, you know, I'm well rested and mm. voice isn't affected. Eventually, it does take a dip. And depending on how much I'm sleeping or how well I'm eating or partying or whatever. Mm. Um, that dip can get pretty low, but maybe around the like one and a half, two week mark, it just sort of like comes back, and then from there on in, it's fine. Like a, it's almost like impervious to the, to anything that I do, which is kind of cool. Because I guess after a while, when you're on tour, you know, there's always that thing of like a band going on tour, they come back, they're heaps tighter. Mm-hmm. Like I guess after a while, you're just getting into the rhythm of it. Yeah, and your body's just used to it. And I think lack of sleep and stuff like that. Totally. And I think on a subconscious level, your body's just like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. Mm. You know, it's like if you go to the gym every day and you lift the same weights after two weeks or three weeks, your body's just be like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you're talking before you're feeling. You weren't you weren't quite sure if you should should call it a career, but I I definitely think you should call it a career. And the reason being, leading into my next point, is tell us about the ARIA Award nomination. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think if, if you've got an ARIA Award nom, you're yeah, in so. a music career. Yeah, we so got... tell us about that, mate. That was awesome when I found out about that. Um, what was the, the category? Was it hard rock? Yeah, the hard... Heavy. I can't even remember what it is now. <laughs> hard rock and heavy metal or something like w- that category. Which isn't, it's not as cheesy as the, the rap ones, like urban or yeah. something. <laughs> well, I think they might have changed it, but it was urban for years. Yeah. Rock uh, is more suburban. <laughs> that was another one of those, uh, I guess, milestones. Like I said, like every year we kind of do a little bit better. Mm. And now, yeah. last year, got nominated for an ARIA. Um, I guess the, the two biggest milestones, fucking cops. Yeah. <laughs> They're coming for you, mate. They're coming for you. Yeah. Nah, um, yeah, well, that is huge because I, I didn't want it to make it sound like, like, you know, a massive part of what you do is the live show, but you've also been putting out these awesome records because mm-hmm. um, I don't think it takes away that you, you're well-known for the live show, but you're, like, there is this other whole other part. 
Yeah, totally. And it's cool. I guess it's just cool to be kind of recognized. Like even when we got the nomination, I was saying to, you know, like my mum and dad were like, oh, that's awesome. That's mm. like one of those milestones that they really understand is. is yeah, because nothing against that generation, but there is things yeah. that they just recognize that would mean more to them. Than totally. Say, and they're not punks. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't get it if always, you, but they got that, you know. Because there'd be something that's huge to you, like doing a festival in, in Germany yeah. or UK or US is yeah. massive to you but might not mean as much to your older sort of family. Yeah, they don't it doesn't translate, but you know, when they when we get nominated for Arias and when they see us in the age, that's when my mum and dad are so, yeah. super <laughs> excited. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's kinda cool. You know, it's another like I said, when we got nominated in my mind, I was like, Oh, this is already kinda like a win for me. Like if we don't if yeah. we don't win, then I'm actually just kind of stoked that our record got recognised, yeah. like in that world. Um, and yeah, it's and it's, you're going up against pro- probably like Amity Affliction and Parkway Drive, and, <laughs> and, and like, see, we didn't need to have these big breakdowns in our songs. <laughs> so on the night, did you actually go along? No, nah, we were on tour in France, but oh. my mum and dad went, and, and you oh, really? and you wore yeah, a tux. Yeah. They how, went. how did you tee that up for them to go? Uh, they just got in contact uh, with the people who distribute our records and <laughs> figured it all out, and they went and saw us lose. So. Yeah. Oh, that would have been <laughs> sick if, if you just won and send the parents up. Yeah, it would. Like, remember when the Whitlam's sent up Goff Whitlam? Like, <laughs> that would be the new Goff Whitlam. Moment. Yeah, I was I was hoping. I just thought that would be hilarious. And you get your parents to be like, sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I guess Ares is, like, one big moment for you, but you, I guess you've had a few moments like that. Like, you guys played with the Foo Fighters a few years ago. Like, mm-hmm. has there been some, like, really surreal moments for you guys where you go, I can't actually believe this is kind <laughs> of happening? Yeah, you know, like, so many of them. Mm. Especially because Jake and I started the band as teenagers and no one took us seriously for mm. years. And, you know, rightfully so. We weren't a very serious band and we were just kind of, like, jumping in a car and playing our four-chord punk music yeah. in these bars but slowly but surely that slow burn was happening and it would eventually become our career yeah um but you know we've had so many like weird and surreal experiences and now it just kind of feels like this is something that we do mm. um yeah you know like one of the most surreal things that happened was like after like five years or maybe it was like four years of playing in the band we did like some shows with friends of rom mm. who were so yeah. influential to jake and i um, really, pretty, pretty really much. handed us into the punk world and getting to do shows with them and then like get to know them and eventually become friends with them. Like that was that in my mind, that was almost the most surreal thing that had happened. And then after that, when we start doing things like playing with Foo Fighters or getting nominated for an aria, you know, it's almost like when that first hit of surrealism comes in, that's the most powerful. And then yeah. after that, yeah. it's just like, oh no, this is this is actually just what can happen if you. Work hard. Work hard and play in a band and these people aren't, you know, they're not mythical figures. You know, Dave Grohl's a real dude. It's just (laughs) hard to get him in a room, but... Yeah. Because I guess people must think, like, uh, you know, they don't see all the hard work up until those big moments. Like, for you, it's just like, yeah, we played all these shows and we got to play with our heroes in Frenzel Rom. Like, that's what comes out of hard work. Whereas Mm -hmm. I guess people just go, oh, how'd those guys get that? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't see, yeah, the the six-hour fight we all had while we were driving overnight from Wollongong to bloody... I don't know, yeah. Coffs Harbour or something. (laughs) For every every stadium rock concert you do, there's probably about 200 in the the back room of a pub with people. (laughs) Did you ever have to, like... 
you know, go into a pokies room and go, come and watch us. Like, yeah, all the time. We did all kinds of... Because we do that in, co- in comedy. <laughs> we just do the comedy in the pokies room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah guaranteed crowd. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you think you got a cheer, but it was just because Jewel and Niall was paying out. <laughs> Bloody more chilies. Gladys just won on more chilies. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to do this... New bit of the show we got going. Uh, you're, this is a special moment in I'm All Ears history. Uh, we've we've started something up where a fan can... Um, well, I was going to say listener. Fan? That's all right. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> we'll go with listener. We started something where a listener can send in a question and the, the special guest will ask it to... So we've gotten one so far. Can you... Do this for us, Steve. Of course. No worries. I'd be honoured to. All right, so the question comes from um, your lifelong fan, Jacob Canavan. Lifelong? So he was into me before I started comedy? (laughs) Yes. I think so, That's a bit creepy, but anyway. Thanks, Jacob. Anyway, it says, Hi, guys. Huge fan of Goxie in particular. Sorry, Ben. Um, (laughs) Brutal. Fucking get this cunt off. Jacob. (laughs) Jacob. (laughs) I know you're a huge supporter of the Saints. I wanted to know... Who would be your favourite saint post-2000? I know Harvey and Revolt are up there, but surely Fraser Garrick gets a mention somewhere. Is this a question or just a... <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's <laughs> In 25 words or less for anyone else who's listening and wants to just submit any... <laughs> so what's the actual question? Sorry. All right, it's coming. Trust me. Um, could you talk about the cult classic G-Train and what place he holds in your heart and amongst the hearts of Saints supporters? In the end. Okay, so the question is, can I talk about Garrick? No. Uh, I guess favourite saint, um, I, I like... I think this is a two-parter, so yeah. to cut you off, but who 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 is your favourite saint post-2000? Uh, I, I really did love Lenny Hayes, and then I found out about his politics, and, and just like him a lot now. Uh, that's a lesson for anyone out there, don't... Uh, don't find out what your sports heroes think. Um, anyway, um, no, 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 yeah, um, Lenny Hayes, uh, yeah, I love Fraser Gehrig as well. He was, he was that classic throwback of like had the mullet and big muscly body, and mm. well, that came out quite uh, <laughs> hornier than I wanted it to. <laughs> I liked it though. Uh, I nice mean, touch. yeah, because uh, not big muscly body, but yeah, a bit of a throwback physique to the older days. But yeah, love the G Train, Hayes. That's it. And I like a few of the newer guys. Uh, Matty Parker. Yep. Yep. Unfortunately, they trade away all the, the guys that like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's been our first listener question. Yeah. So send them in, guys. Uh, yeah, maybe some questions for I, me. I, I, uh, promise not, <laughs> <laughs> I promise not to make as much fun of anyone else who sends in any... <laughs> No, I wasn't making fun of you, Jacob. I was just uh, saying... I don't think anyone... It was hard to work out what the question is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was the first Amelie's podcast question. Thanks for asking it, Stevie. No worries. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what else? Well, so enough. Uh, we've, we've delved into the world of Stevie and the clowns. Korea, uh, can, you, can you just tell us a bit about Stevie the person? What, when, I know you're like... Don't have much time off, but when you do get back home from tour, how do you kind of like yeah. relax, enjoy yourself? I think I, like I've been dedicating my life so strongly to punk rock and playing in the band that it definitely has like become a huge part of my identity. 
Mm. Uh, but I guess you're asking if I have any extracurricular activities. Is that right? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I have a lot of interests outside. I really do try to, um, you know, branch out of the punk world in my spare time because it can be so easy to just get lost in it and yeah. have that one thing define you. But i got to admit, like, I love comedy. Like, um, mm. I do love going to comedy shows or anything that's kind yeah. of, like, performance-based. I, I, I'll always appreciate, like, a good I performance. I was stoked to see, see you at my show the other year. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love going to the comedy festival. It's, um, it's just such an awesome thing that you can do in Melbourne. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, I went and saw, me and my partner Nikki went and saw Black Ties at Asia Topa the, ah. the other night with, like, Jack Charles in it, which is, like, a piece of theatre... Um, part of the Asia Topa Festival, which it was so good. I can't even, yeah, <laughs> I can't even tell you how good it was. Other than that, I don't know, like I've always been into skateboarding. I think there's like a natural transition there, yeah. right? Like yeah. white kid grows up in middle-class suburbia, gets into skateboarding <laughs> later, gets into punk rock. Were you, uh, so you, how'd you go in it? Like did you get a few tricks pumping? Or? Yeah, like, uh, you know, in my high school days, that was, in my mind, I was like, I want to be a pro skateboarder. So yeah. I'd always be skating and stuff. And I was sponsored by a shop in Moorabbin called Max for a little while there. That's awesome. Wow. They entered me into, like, competitions and stuff. But I think I just kind of, like, grabbed onto music a little bit, mm. like, a little bit better yeah. and faster. And over the years, like, dedicating more and more time into music, I've lost track of skateboarding. And now I've, like, lost track of so much of the shit that I used to be able to do. <laughs> Although I still like to do it as, like, a as a side recreation. Like, I'll do it maybe, like, once a fortnight or once a month. Because I loved skating, but I was... I always said I was just a cruiser. Like, I didn't flip my board and yeah. stuff. Mm. But I think that's just what fat guys say when they can't flip <laughs> their board. Like, yeah, I just cruise around the park. Yeah, hey, nothing wrong with cruising. I love bowls. Like, you know, it fits through a bowl just going around. Yeah, same here. Same here. And it's such a great way to, like, kind of get yourself out of that, you know, mind zone. Like, I'm sure you guys probably get the same thing with mm. comedy. Like, it's so yeah. easy to be part of that tight-knit community and be constantly thinking about... Yeah, you know your next performance, but it's so it's such a such well, a virtue to be able like, to get out of it. Yeah, it only helps your performance next time. Well, I that's, think um, for me, living in Ballarat is a pretty good escape because it's just like I go out there, don't think about anything. Yep. Well, yep. I think yeah. I definitely notice it. Comedy like punk rock, it's 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 a very insular scene. Like it's hard to break out of it sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I definitely found like going to comedy. I'm like, oh, there's like. Mm-hmm. This is like this. This is like the Poison City scene, and this uh, scene yeah. is like this scene. And it's so easy to get wrapped up in those little scenes, and you don't do anything outside yeah. of that. And it's also there's also this weird like almost totalitarian thing about punk rock. It's like what you went to a comedy show, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like you're revolting from yeah. the scene. It's like no, I can go to a comedy show or I can go to a theater show and go well, come to your punk rock. That show was too. A, a big reason why I wanted to do this and kind of delve into the whole like what else do you do with yourself thing was because I. Yeah. Got to know all these people who are doing like music and stuff, but do have this mm-hmm. other side to their life, which I find really yeah. interesting. I don't have like a full blown other side as much as I dedicate to punk rock, but I I do jump in and out. Mm. Like you know, members of my band will tell you that I kind of get this like hyper focus thing, where <laughs> I, I like I'll have one thing I'm just focused on it. Like for one year, embarrassingly, it was like cryptocurrency. <laughs> I was so ob- so obsessed with it, and I, all I could I couldn't stop thinking about it. It's so weird. I couldn't stop thinking about it, and I put all this money into it, and I made a little bit, and I lost so much. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you get into like the weird currencies and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, 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 totally. I was into that, and like watching, you know, watching it like it's the stock market, and being part of all the Facebook groups, and it was like, oh, this one's about to blow, and like it's just it's the wild, wild west, man. Like it's yeah, not. Fuck yeah. There's I don't think that there's much theory to it. You never know which one's gonna blow and which one's not, but. 
Anyway, you can't, you know, that was another thing I found quite interesting. There's, I don't um, think it's so much like you're not like you don't have things on the side. It's just like, are you able to with with you know like yeah. it's pretty full on? You know, I think it would. Yeah, like I dedicate so much of my time and energy into clowns and damaged and stuff that it I do find it hard to to yeah really have like a full other like side thing going on. Mm. I just kind of like jump in and out of these other hobbies, which yeah. is I almost use it as like a measure of respite, you know, yeah. from the punk thing because yeah. I need you need to escape it. So I guess if you're trying to do like I, I was playing in bands and trying to do comedy at the same time, and I just found that I wasn't doing both well and mm-hmm. then when I just focused on comedy it's like oh that just went way better yeah so I, but I still love going to shows and like seeing that stuff as like a relaxing thing so I guess yeah. like you're kind of the opposite like punk <laughs> is your world and then yeah you need those things that you're like I don't want to think about four chord punk for yeah. <laughs> these two hours totally <laughs> and if you sit just in the world whatever world you're in it's so easy to after a while just start to think that that is what the world is like. But mm. actually there are so many, like, little subcultures, so many little pockets, especially travelling is a great way. You know, yeah. whether you're doing it with your career or without is a great way to kind of just open your mind and be like, oh, wait, no, there is so... Everyone's just kind of, like, on a completely different journey. <laughs> and why, like, why only experience one? Yeah. You know, why not Why not at least dabble in a, in a few others? Even skateboarding, you know, skateboarding and punk rock and comedy, and they all kind of have their own little tight knit communities. Mm. And why, you know, why <laughs> why only stay in one when you can sort of check and, them all out? And you did a few um, solo sets yourself, haven't you? How how did you find that? Yeah, it's a it's a thing that I I mean I I got to be honest. The only reason I started doing it was for money, because it's an easy way to earn a couple <laughs> hundred bucks. I can already like play the songs and yeah. And also with the band, you got to be like. Am I pushing them a bit far? Do yeah. they need a break? And when it's yourself, you're just like, yeah. I don't have to ask anyone. I'm just totally. saying, yeah. And if you get paid like 500 bucks to play an hour of acoustic music, you don't have to split that five ways. Yeah. You don't need, it doesn't even have to go into like a business bank account. This is yeah. give it to me and yeah. use it for whatever just I want. Straight into the pocket. Mm-hmm. Tax man doesn't need to know about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chuck a bit of crypto. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then the tax man definitely doesn't need to know about it. That's, that's me with sports betting. <laughs> okay, this chunk's going to bills. This is going to go on a few sports teams. Um, so what's next for clowns and yourself? And we'll start with clowns. Like, what, what do you guys got coming up uh, over the next little while? Uh, well, our next thing that we're immediately facing is download in Australia. And oh, that yeah. hits, which will be kind of fun. Um, and before that and around that... Hanging out not... with My Chemical Romance. Hell and... yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, where there is a Gerard Will, there is a Gerard Way. <laughs> Mate, we'll do the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm nicking that. No. <laughs> if there's any emo comedy nights. Yeah. <laughs> you can feel free to use it. Yeah. 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 Is there, you know, one thing that I wanted to ask, which and this is a perfect segue into it, um, is is there like an APRA equivalent? Like if you use somebody's joke, like you've got to give them a royalty or something uh, like that? Not I think that if all. you use someone... Else's joke, you're a dog. Yeah. And you deserve to die. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, is a, it is an interesting thing about like writing and does, you, do does help, anyone... you do help each other out with like punchlines and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. And even just um, hanging out, doing stuff like this, it um, creates things that you may not have thought of. And mm. like, um, that's one thing I've found hard is about going up to Ballarat is, is not having like comics to bounce off. And, mm-hmm. uh, but, um, 
my family life is in good shape. So yeah, that's great. <laughs> I gotta be like, my comedy is going well. In that's the big... that trade off. Yeah, we were talking yeah. About it's like, yeah. What, what do you want more fucked? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably worse when your your personal family life is miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, there's like um, and it's, it's an interesting topic about like writers and people writing for people. I think a, a few big acts have like writers writing for them, and yeah. I've heard that. And, and yep. then there's. Quite a few people working for sort of um, some of the telly shows mm-hmm. project and that. But. Totally. I, you know, I don't think that that's necessarily such a bad thing. How many, like, high-profile musicians out there have, like, side writers or whatever? It doesn't mm. necessarily mean that they're... You know, the, the comic is on the stage because they're the one that's good at delivering the joke. Yeah. yeah. But they don't necessarily need to be thinking of the content. I was talking that's what to someone about that the other day. Um, completely blanking on who was who it was. But they were, like, great joke writer just zero charisma on stage. And yeah. he's like, I love writing jokes, so I just started giving them to other people. Yeah. Um, so, and then he's gone on to write, like, movie-type stuff now. So yeah, it's that's like, awesome. So it's like, we started off in comedy, but then found, hit the thing he was good at. So, yeah, and that's yeah. all, that's, you know, in the space of performance, that's all anyone's trying to do, right? It's just, yeah. like, find that little corner the, where... Your you, own little pocket. Yeah, yeah your skills are, are best exploited. Um. Uh, so you're saying you got download coming up, and then what was after that? Sorry. Uh, we've got we're doing like punk rock bowling in Vegas in oh, May, fuck yeah. which will be kind of cool, and uh, Pooza Fest in Montreal. Do you guys like to get to do a few games of bowling? You reckon? I hope so. I hope so. And that uh, tour of the states as well. I think because the last time we took the states, it was so full on. It was like night after night. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this tour of the states, we just got like a few good festival offers, and we kind of after last year, I think we just want to go over there and just play the the festival shows, take a few days off in between, and enjoy it and enjoy like, it. Yeah. Um. So I'm really looking forward to that trip in that regard. Um. And we're writing heaps of new songs. You know, like we don't have like a full blown plan of what's gonna go on, but. At the core of everything that we try to do in the band is just trying to write like new and interesting songs yeah. that mm. people want to listen to on record or want to come see live, and we're just kind of at that formative process again, like back to the drawing board of writing new songs. So uh, I don't I don't know what it's going to eventuate into, uh, but who knows? It just reminded me, man. One thing I forgot to bring up: um, I mentioned how stoked I was to see you guys nominated for the Aria. But there was one thing that I was slightly more stoked about when I heard about Fat Records. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was a massive Fat Rec guy for a long time. Yep. I'm not going to say I'm still there, but <laughs> for, my, for my sort of 14 to yeah. mid 20s. Yeah, well, formative and. They've got to be. And <laughs> they're one of the most influential labels in, like, in the punk world. Yeah. Are they the most influential label to have Surely, existed? Pretty, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, they were. Talking before about scene politics and stuff, you could tell they're big by how much grief they used to cop. Because like I remember people like talking shit about them, and mm. that means you're doing you mean, well. People talking yeah, shit, like, totally. Yeah, oh, they all sound the same. But I'm like, yeah, yeah. Those compilations, man. Like, it was so they were great. Weren't I was, they? That actually made me become such a lazy music listener because I wouldn't even need to go out of those few labels like Epitaph and Fat because there was so many bands mm-hmm. in it. Like I just. Get the compilation if you like one of the songs. Buy that band's mm. stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's kind of cool to. Is it you and you and Frenzel? Is that the only two Aussie? Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's us. That's awesome, man. Definitely um, riding the coattails of Frenzel <laughs> Rom a little bit there. And they um, so yeah, and they put you put you out like what like what 
Anywhere um, outside of Australia? Yeah, Australia it? and New Zealand, we release through Damaged, which is like our record label that we run. Awesome. And um, yeah, everywhere else in the world, they they kind of do their thing. You know, they've got they've got a huge infrastructure mm. built over yeah. the years of being a massively influential influential label. Yeah. Um, and they just took our record and put it into that. <laughs> dished it out to all those unsuspecting ears. So that was kind of, yeah, like a really cool thing. And, um, yeah, pretty stoked to be part of the, the whole family. Do you, do you, did you see, a, like, a, having that, was there any kind of, like, immediate spike or...? In the States, definitely. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of people that... And it's it's notoriously hard to tour the States as a band, yeah, like, yeah. even as a performer. Um, but so we didn't have a very big following in the States until we signed to Fat and then slowly but surely, like, it's like the week that we got signed and they were posting about us, our listeners in the States overtook every other country on our Spotify. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was wild. It was the first time that, like, any country had more listeners than Australia mm. on our, like, yes. Spotify algorithm. It bullshit. changes everything, really. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and definitely, like, people coming to the shows, like, every show that we were playing, you know, in, like, fucking you know, Tuesday night in, like, Kansas City or whatever, <laughs> there was always, like, 50 people coming at least. Um, some of the shows, you know, it was, like, a sliding scale between, like, 250 or whatever, mm. but it was, yeah, it, it definitely opened up a few doors there and made it able for us to actually go through, like, the, you know, go to the U.S. consulate and be recognised as aliens. Yeah. Better let us in. We're no fat mind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we can make things Is that happen. a good or a bad thing? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it just depends on which capacity, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, in... dude, I listened... I was signed up to Punk Voto. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but... Uh, and in Europe, I think it definitely... I think it just, like, reaffirmed what we were doing over there. Like, we'd been there five times... Uh, before we uh, signed to Fat, and then signed to Fat just kind of like solidified the fact that we were a, like a band that tours yeah. Europe a lot, and a lot of the festivals that we had already paid, uh, played were asking us back and like billing us higher and stuff. Yeah. And it's just it goes back again to that. I guess it's like slow a little burn. stamp of approval. Like yeah, Because yeah. even though times have changed with how music is purchased and consumed, mm-hmm. it's still a pretty big thing. Labels, as you've just said, like. Yep. Because I know it's like talking about scenes and people being snooty and stuff. I know of comedy people like, oh, no one watches TV, no one reads newspapers. There's that whole mm. snooty about old technology. And I yep. think music has that, like, oh, no one buys it. Yep, you no. know, everyone streams or whatever. But yeah, but people still, and same with comedy, you know, people still consume it just in a different way. Yeah. And you got sure. you got to, you, you have no choice but to adapt to the new ways that people are consuming comedy or music or whatever if you want to continue to succeed. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. Um, we might wrap up there. Yeah, well, thanks so much, Stevie, uh, for letting us grill you. Hey, go no under worries. The, go under the I'm Ollie's microscope. Yeah, yeah. thank you for having you me. anything you want to wrap up with? Anything you need to tell us before you head off? No. Nah. Nah. <laughs> I'm a man of few words. Just check You're out doing a great clowns. job, by the way. I, I really just, like uh, Just buy the hot sores. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, if there's any uh, throat... Throat lozenges. Throat coats, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just send three throat coats to uh, <laughs> P.O. Box 1234. Honey and yeah. lemon sort of concoction. <laughs> Actually, I'll, I might try that as well if anyone... <laughs> yeah, give it a go. It's really I, I usually use Big M, but no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever works. Everyone's got a different method. Uh, thanks so much. And, yeah, um, check out Clowns and uh, check out me and Serlo on the circuit. <laughs> yeah, for... see us around. Bye. All right, thanks, guys.